Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. And Weigel, welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts, a three-peater. First guy to make three appearances on the podcast. We're excited to have you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jared. Today, we wanted to talk about something a little bit more tactical. In our ever busy and hectic world, so many of us find ourselves just being reactive and candidly reactive with the people that we love most. We, we spend too much time just kind of reacting to our families. And sometimes when we're kind of overwhelmed with, with the challenges that our families might have, we borrow ideas that we've observed from other families. You know, the Smiths, they went on this trip to Europe or they bought a second home. They did X, Y, or Z with the grandkids. And the challenge with that is that's somebody else's family, somebody else's values, somebody else's solutions. And when we apply somebody else's solutions to our own life, that may or may not render the outcomes that we're looking to create in our own life. And so an exercise that uh, we've been introducing to our clients is a family engagement plan. So I, I just wanted to spend a few minutes talking about what that is, what that looks like, and how it could positively impact a particular family. I think that there's a season of your life when you have little kids, you can often look at situations of going like, okay, right now we're in that infant stage or in that diapers or the crawling and that now we're in school age. And so often you're just seizing this next season. You're, you're going through, all right, now we need to buy bikes, or I need to, all right, now we're in sports and now we're in, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so there's times where as a parent, especially of younger kids, you're just reacting to the seasons and you're reacting to this next phase of life of, all right, now it's that braces season. And now it's, you know, the getting a car or, or maybe more recently in times the not wanting to get a car and, you know, you know, getting them subscribed to Uber, all those things. And so there's just seasons that you go through. But what I've found for so many is they then reach this place and, you know, and they can look back and go, man, we, we really nailed that whole entire kind of birth to 18, or they might have a few regrets of, of things that they wish they would have done differently. I think, I think a lot of us probably do in hindsight of just things that you just, as you get older, realize you probably could have utilized. But, but we get to that next phase of parenting. And for a lot of us, we then feel a little paralyzed because now we have kids that are gone or they're leaving or they're at a stage of leaving. And we actually have not been able to sit down and go, all right, what does it look like now? How do we actually do this next season? And, and Jared, I know a lot of the folks that you know, they're at that season of trying to navigate what does it look like now to be able to do it. And to your point, you know, there's the, yeah, the Smiths got the RV. So I guess we'll go do that. And then you, you realize that, you know, neither you or your spouse are a huge fan of a 25 foot parking job in the middle of, the, of an evening and 
some part of Arizona. <laughs> and so there's that, or there's there's a cruise line, you know, probably more pre-COVID than, than post. But, you know, there's all these things that you do that you're like, that looks like fun. You know, the Parkers did that. That looked like fun. The Walkers did this. That looked like great. But but what we don't do is often is kind of stop and create a little bit of a plan for what does family look like? What does investment look like in the things that really matter to us? And oftentimes, especially, you know, Jared, we'll often talk about a leader. And for this conversation, it really is more about most of the time, it's about a couple. It's about partners that are in life that are, that they've probably gone through that season of the business uh, together at various stages. And now they're at that phase where they're going, man, sometimes they, they have the resources or the time a little bit more available now. And they just go, man, what are we doing with our kids at this phase? And it can create some tension within relationships, to be honest, about where time gets invested, about where resources get invested. And most of the time, you know, you might have had like an exit strategy for the business of, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to set these things up in order to have a, some sort of a, an acquisition event or we're going to pass this down to the next generation or we're doing something. And we have a lot of plans and intentionality around business. A lot of us have a lot of plans and intentionality around our retirement. But when it comes to their own family and what legacy that they want to leave, it can be daunting for those same people that had a tremendous amount of experience with making plans for the business for their own family. It has felt a lot more confusing and actually leaving them with more questions than they have answers. Jared, how does that resonate in terms of like the families that you're talking to and the people that you're with, especially that second phase of parenting, that second phase of the kids now, you know, leaving the home? What are some of those challenges that you hear as they process and as they're going through it? And maybe even speak to that relationship between the spouses when it comes to priorities and decisions. I do think that it can create tension, but it doesn't, maybe it more identifies it, surfaces it versus creates it. Ken, we'll talk to our clients. So often the conversation starts around financial capital, but we'll create a different frame for people to experience and understand capital. And when we talk about wealth, for the family, it's important that we create a second frame. And so while quantitative capital, financial capital is important, we want to really inventory what does the human capital look like? What does the intellectual capital of the family look like? The social capital of the family look like? The spiritual capital of the family look like? And so when we talk about air readiness and the preparation of heirs, it's more than just financial literacy. It's looking holistically at the family across all of the capitals that are important to that family and getting clarity around what they're trying to accomplish so that we can align the wealth so that it supports spiritual, social, intellectual, and human capital development intergenerationally. So I guess, Ken, like, let's unpack what that family engagement plan looks like. I guess, what would be some of the themes, the buckets, the levers what does that look like if we're going to try to put some meat on that framework? No. Yeah. I think for most of the families that I work with, we always begin with what are the values of the family? And for a lot of families that has become, you know, some people have done that exercise and they've actually kind of, they know what their family values are and the things that they really are saying that they really want to be and the things that they really aspire to be as a family. Other times they've never done that. What will happen is, We'll start with the values because the values then get to inform really great decisions 
around how we spend those really key investments of both resource as well as our time. And so we'll start with the values where we'll just go, man, when, when these two got together and made this family, what are the values that they instilled? And you know, for some people, it might be, it could be hospitality and other, you know, it could be value. I've done it with so many folks and I've never seen, I'll often say, you know, we'll try to create around four to six family values. And I've never had anyone do the same ones, which is, is fun to me. And it actually kind of just goes to show you the variety and the, just the, the life that happens within all these different people that are just wired in different ways and have different, different burdens and different passions and different things that really fire them up. And so being able to define those values and then being able to look at those values and go, great, now what are the relationships that we really want to have these play out in? And so we'll actually begin to put these into some categories. So one of the family dynamics might be the family as a whole. So how do these values live it out as a family as a whole? How often do we get together? What do we do when we get together? What does that look like? How does this inform our decisions? Is this around, we're going to get together and have some dinners quarterly? Or what does this look like? Sometimes it's actually one-on-one of, of a father and son or a, a wife and son. And, and what are those relationships? So we'll break it down. And sometimes it's six categories. Sometimes it's 16. And then we begin to look at what are the practices weekly, quarterly, and maybe even annually that we're doing within those different areas. And it allows us to have that intentionality. I mean, I don't know how many times I've sat down, you know, especially with leaders and go, man, what do you want the future to be? And we'll kind of have conversations. What do you want the future to be with your son or daughter? And they'll go, man, my hope is that when they're having some big challenges, that I'm one of the voices that they come to when they get that advice. I want to be that advisor in my kids' life. And I say, well, you know, so give me a decision that you hope that they, you know, so, so they'll name a variety of really big decisions, especially if I say 10 years from now. So they're all of a sudden envisioning one of their kids at, at 25 or 35 or 40. And I go, give me a big decision that you think that they could be at, that you want to be one of the voices in their lives. And these are huge. These are relationship. These are professional. These are life-changing decisions. And they, they'll say, I want to be one of the calls that I'll get. And I'll go, great. If you want to have that level of trust and that level of emotional vulnerability and that level of relationship with that particular kid at that state, you know, now they're, they're not a kid now. They'd be 42 at that point. What are the things that you could be doing now, weekly, monthly, quarterly, that are going to establish the places to be able to have those kind of conversations be a natural byproduct? Because it's not just, we're not just going to turn around and we're not just going to blink our eye and in 10 or 15 years, that's going to be the relationship that's going to happen. And it's the same thing you do with your business. If you'd said, man, I want to make it to where we have a waiting list of new clients that we're onboarding for our security services or something like that, you're beginning to do actions now that build towards that desired future. And so when we can actually sit down with a couple and actually help them build out this plan, and it's a V1 because this is a plan that these are the values that they're putting together. These are some of the action steps. You know, they have some really big values and goals and legacy hopes when it comes to money and some stuff of places that of what they want to give and how they want to give and what that looks like. And so we'll create these plans. We'll put these things together. And then oftentimes that we'll meet again to go, man, let's share this now with those family members. Let's actually get their buy-in on some of this kind of stuff. Because for a lot of families, certain things were there. Maybe they had financially what they always had and they always have that safety and security that comes 
with a lot of what you can buy with finances, but other times, you know, they haven't had a facilitated conversation where they can actually have conversations around control and decisions and what it looks like to build trust. And so what we find is when families can get into the place where they're actually being able to state and go, hey, here's where we want to go as a family. Here's the values we want to see lived out as a legacy. And here's our like first attempt at what that would look like to get there. Will you help, help us build out this V1 and help us create this V2 that we can actually begin to put into play? What it actually does is it takes the family from just being very reactive and it actually shows this intentionality and this proactiveness that allows families, whether or not it's, it's the things that they're going to give to as a family foundation on one end of the spectrum, or even just the way that they spend time and holidays and what it looks like to invest in grandchildren on the other end. It's all of these things rooted in the values that is putting together the legacy that they want to live behind that allows them to put together the places that they're going to invest the time and the other resources that they have in a way that they feel really confident about. And so I know that was kind of a long-winded answer of what actually happens when we get together with these, but it it starts at a really high level around what we hope, and then it gets to a really practical level about, great, what does it look like to actually share this plan with your kids and maybe even your grandkids? And then what would it look like to be able to, to do the V1 and V2 of putting these things into practice? What I was struck by just listening to you talk there is I was reflecting upon, it would be almost an expectation that a business owner would have a strategic plan of some sort. But I'm trying to think of how frequently I've encountered this idea of having a strategic plan for your family. It's interesting that we would be more intentional and purposeful with our business decisions than we would with relationships that are more precious to us and more scarce to us in our family members. And yet it's, it's a rarity that we encounter people that have been that purposeful or intentional, proactive in getting clarity of what is most important. So much of a strategic plan is what you won't do. And so I guess having a family engagement plan that's informed by the strategic initiatives of what's most important can be a guiding beacon. You know, you said something at the very beginning about borrowing and sometimes it's that thing of you, you see somebody do something and you go, oh, we should do that. But when it's rooted in a value, it allows you to really vet it out. And sometimes when we talk about these things, Jared, the honest truth, and maybe you find it the same with financial planning, most people find this so daunting. Even as I'm describing it now, they get a little overwhelmed. When you hear it in practice, like I work with somebody in their 30s, they experienced a bankruptcy and they've gone on and they've now become a lot more successful. And the next thing that happened to them was really great. But that bankruptcy for a season was a really hard thing for them to go through. And that, for that gentleman, it was a naming season of their life. And what they decided, part of their family plan was they're giving, they're working with their kids. I think they arbitrarily picked like age 15, where they're going to help each one of their kids write a business plan. What does a business plan look like? What's a performer look like? And they're going to be the first investors and they're going, great. We're going to help you learn how to write a business plan. And we're going to give you a thousand bucks to start your first business. You know, going back to that particular individual, it was rooted in their bankruptcy. I think I called it kind of like a naming season for them of just, it felt like it really kind of owned a part of their identity at an unhealthy level. And for them, it was about saying, as parents, we want to walk them through their first business while they're still in the home because we want them, in this instance, they're actually assuming failure. 
And they're going, we want to go through them, that first failure experience, because we want to be able to parent with that with them. We want them to be able to kind of experience what that looks like for the first time together. You know, I have somebody else that they just said, man, I, we watched our friends. And as their kids began to leave the house around 18, 19, they were shocked of how much it wasn't so much as painful for one of the parents, but it was really painful for the other. You know, in this instance, it was the mom who was just going, man, this is really painful watching my kids leave. And so they just created a plan that said, man, at age 17, each one of our kids gets a trip with mom to really cement some new memories and to create some special moments that just those two have. And so it's this special 17-year-old trip with mom that each kid gets. And all of a sudden, in this instance, it was the dad that went, man, I, I gladly set aside some funds and began to save for that. And man, it'd be so fun for you to begin to each to talk with each one of the kids around where they would want to go, what they would want their experience to be. And, you know, we're talking about these like week-long experiences that all of a sudden somebody gets to travel to Ireland for the first time. And all of a sudden, mom and daughter are, are going across Ireland, having these once-in-a-lifetime experiences that they're, that they're going to share as this, in this case, daughter is, is going into this next season of life that they're going, man, we really want to have this anchor relationship moment for the mom and the daughter to have before she goes into this next season of life. That is really going to be a bonding, especially with just what often happens with this empty nest situation afterward. But, but as you can tell, like all of these things, and, and some of them, they're about family dinners. I've, I've seen other people do it around things that you would go, man, this is why we make a really big deal about Thanksgiving and we rent a house for a week and everyone's invited and it's rooted in these values and, and et cetera, et cetera. But when we actually get into it, the thing that's helpful about having a facilitator is we really quickly, we get to go from these really high values and then we get to start ideating around, cool, what could that look like? What could that look like to do once a year? What would that look like to do maybe once every 10 years with your grandkids? And when it gets to that stage, it goes, unlike a lot of business strategic plans, it gets fun. I have watched couples just, they light up, they get excited. And all of a sudden you see grandmas and you see grandpas go, this sounds awesome. That's why we're always funding camp for our grandkids. Or that's why we're never going to miss us, uh, whatever that thing is. And they light up. And Jared, when there's a plan that is rooted in the values and the legacy that they want to be as a family, this thing starts to flow and it gets, you know, this isn't like Gantt charts and SWOTS analysis and P&Ls. This is like grandma's going to every single one of, you know, and like things just light up and you get really excited and you have a plan. And there's something about that intentionality around family that I've just never seen anyone ever look back on and go, that was a waste of time was with a family earlier in this year that has an estranged member of their family, a son or daughter that at this point is making decisions that they've just said, you know, through some tough love and some decisions that they just are not able to be in relationship with anymore. And we created a little family plan for what does it look like for them to just on a daily basis remember. It's kind of actually part of a little um, mora and, and a pause that they do every day for this family, they, it's actually about saying a prayer. For that particular kid, they actually they actually light a candle and there's a place at the table for that kid for every meal. And they don't do it for all their kids who are gone. You know, they have other kids that are just off at college. For, but for this one kid that at this time, relationship is just not possible while going through a particular addiction, they light a candle at the table and they're saying, we're not just going to have this be out of sight, out of mind. 
And to watch that family light up about saying, we have hope, we have a desire for relationship, we actually have a desire to actually even remember this particular member of the family. It, it allowed there to be hope and passion and zeal in an area that for them had just before that been pain and been a lot of hurt. And so, so whether or not you've had a family that has been just a lot of you know, roses and sunshine or whether or not you've gone through a lot of pain, the intentionality about saying, where do we invest our resources financially, relationally, socially? Where do we put our time? And how does that actually then look on a calendar and in a budget that says we have the time, we have the resources to put these things in place because these values aren't just something that we want to have put on our wall that you see when you walk in, but we want it to be something that you experience every single time you're with us, You know, whether or not it's mom or dad or, or just partners for your kids. It's a really special time for parents to be able to sit back and dream. And to have that facilitated is just an honor to be able to sit back and help put something like that, take it from ideas and actually put pen to paper and make a plan for these families. So Ken, I, I think that's a great spot to end the conversation because as a firm, our mission statement is to invest in the success of others. And we know that more money alone doesn't automatically translate into more flourishing. And so as we invest in our clients and their families, we desire to see more flourishing. And so adding that level of intentionality and purpose and focus and clarity, it gives life and just the excitement and energy that you just described, watching it flow, watching the alignment of values that inform human, intellectual, social, spiritual, and financial capital is where life is abundant and it's fun. And so to the extent we can be a part of that process, we'd welcome it. And so if that's of interest to you, reach out to your team here at DeLap and we'd be happy to facilitate that introduction to explore if a family engagement plan could take your family to the next level. Ken, thanks so much for our conversation today. Thanks for having me, Jared. Appreciate it.